Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Praise the Lord. Good morning, everybody. Amen. If you have your Bibles, if you would turn to Acts chapter 8, and I'll be reading verse 30 and verse 31. I'll also be reading Romans 15 and 4 for the media that I did not give my scriptures to. God bless you and uh, trying to help you. Um, Everybody doing good this morning? Some of you are jittery. I'm not sure why. Some of you are shaking. Uh, I don't think it's because of preaching because we haven't got started yet. Um, Some of you are caffeinated this morning. And uh, anybody caffeinated in the house? And uh, God bless all of you caffeine drinkers. I am am one of you. And um, so... Let's get let's get into let's get into the word uh, this morning. It's such a treat and honor to be teaching you. I'm so thankful for this church and the body of Christ, the saints of God. I give great honor to our pastor and our pastor's wife. I'm so thankful for our pastor. I give him honor today. Amen. Acts chapter eight and verse thirty. And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? Turn to your neighbor, and I would like you to say it exactly the way the the king's English said it, if you would. Turn to your neighbor and say, Understandest thou what thou readest? Some of you haven't spoken the king's English lately. I'd just like for you to do that. Understandest thou what thou readest? In short, do you understand what you're reading? He said, how can I, how can I except a man should guide me? He desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. Romans chapter 15 and and verse 4. For whatever was written in former former days was written for our instruction. Somebody say my instruction. That through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. Through through encouragement and and, um, through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, that we might have hope. Pastors asked me this morning to teach on basic principles of understanding the Bible. And and I have to tell you that I'm very excited about teaching. Uh, about this subject because I think it's very important that we read, not only that we read, but we read with understanding of what we're reading. Um, I've grown up in this thing, and I was the kid, I was the kid reading through the book of Leviticus and Numbers and, and Amos and Obadiah, and I'm like, what is wrong with me? You know what I mean? And, uh, I, I, you know, is, is there something, am I mentally just not there? And some of you would say yes. But I, I wanted, I, I didn't understand. 
I was reading, but I didn't understand what I was reading. And so today I would like to just provide some very basic teaching. My subject today is understanding the Bible. Understanding the Bible. I know we've already prayed, but one more time, would you just ask God to, to, um, to, help, to help us in this, in this session this morning? Jesus, Lord, we love you. We thank you. God, we need understanding of your word. God, I pray that you would open our eyes and our hearts to, to your scripture. God, your word is alive. God, and I pray that you would reveal it to us. Give us understanding of what we're reading. God, give us understanding of the word that you have provided to us as a map for this life, as a handbook on how to live and walk and talk, God, and raise a family. God, I pray that you would help us. Give us understanding in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. God bless you. You may, you may be seated. In Acts chapter 8, we have heard this preached often, but Philip, um, Philip ran thither to this man that, was, that had the scrolls open and was reading the book of Isaiah. And Philip said to him, do you understand what you're reading? He replied, how, how can I except some man should guide me, except somebody should help me and instruct me in the word. And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. It's in this story that Philip does, in fact, give understanding of, of, of what Isaiah was writing. It was the prophecy of the coming Christ. And, and at that time that had already came and already ascended into the heavens, and, and Philip began to expound on the scriptures that, that this Ethiopian was, was reading. And it's important to note that when you are reading the Bible, you are reading the living word of our God. I have grown up in this, and many of you have grown up in church, but oftentimes we say the phrase, God, speak to me. God, I need a word from you. God, I need direction from you. And even I have said that, so I don't want to uh, discredit that. But, but we also have to remember that, that God has spoken to us. God has spoken to us. And 66 books from Genesis to Revelation, from 1,500 years of, uh, of, of authors spanning 1,500 years, three different continents. God formed and fashioned this word not just as a historical piece, but so that you and I would have clarity and direction on how to live, how to be saved, how to, how to navigate this life, what we must do to endure till the end. God provided a word to us. He provided a word to us when we are uh, struggling. He provided a word to us when we are depressed. He provided a word to us when we are bound. He provided a word to us when we are discouraged. He provided a word to us when our family is in turmoil. He provided a word to us for every uh, for every. Uh, 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 instance in every scenario of life, God provided his word. There is nothing that you will that you will encounter in this life 
that the Word has not already dealt with. There is no situation or time of life that you will encounter that the Word has not already spoken on. And so it's important to understand from the beginning that that as Christians, as Bible-believing Christians, the source of our life, the navigation of of, of the way that we take all comes and stems from this Word. So much so that if I would say anything to you as, as, the, as the teacher this morning, if I would say anything to you from this pulpit that would not align with this word, then the word is right and I am wrong. We do not base what we do off of uh, the instruction of a man, the preference or the um, um, ideals of a man, but but it is not our job to align his word with our lives, but it is our job to align our lives with his word. Amen. We can't. We live in a culture. I, God's dealt with me about this, and I'll, I'll be preaching about it in some some point in the future. But but God has. We live in a culture that. That, that wants to bend the word to fit our life. But the word was never designed to bend. It was never designed to, 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 to lend itself to your way of living and your preferences and your lifestyle. That's not the way the word works. That's not the way God works. But it has always been the will of God that we bend, mold, change, form, do whatever we got to do. We realign ourselves to come into alignment with His Word. We don't change the Word. The Word changes us. Amen. i say it again. We don't change the Word. The Word changes us. How can a young man cleanse his way, the Bible says, by taking heed thereto according to thy word. It's the word that changes us and molds us and shapes us. Amen. And if that is the case in which it is, it's important that we understand what we're reading. How can we be changed and molded and formed into something God has called us to be if we don't understand the, the Word of God. And so let me provide a foundation here. I've got to move. I've got a lot of information. But let me provide. Lauren said, talk slow. Talk slow, Cody. I'm going to talk slow today. The Word of God, it's one book. But it's more than one book. It's 66 separate books. Yet it is not a collection of just literary pieces without regard or agreement one to another. It's it's the only book that was written over a span of approximately 1,500 years. Think about that. 1,500 years. The oldest person in this room has probably lived less than 100 years. Anybody 100 in the room? Any young person a hundred in the room? We don't have a soul in the room that's over a hundred. But our Bible was written over a span of 1,500 years. Think about that for a moment. 
That's a long time. That turned to your neighbor and said, that's a long time. That's a long time, 1,500 years. And beyond that, approximately, there were approximately 40 different authors. 40 different authors. So here, so here you've got your scope. 1,500 years. What if somebody said to you, I've got a project for you. And I would like for you to contribute to a piece of, of, liter, uh, of literature um, that's going to be published in 1,500 years. I'm not going to tell you the subject, and I'm not going to tell you what to write about. Just write. There's going to be other people writing. You're not going to know who they are. You're not going to know what they're writing about. But I want you to contribute something to this piece. Now, if I were to tell you that and give you that instruction, for my piece of literature and your piece of literature to agree and to be on the same wavelength of subject, it would be a miracle for just two. Now consider 40 authors over the period of 1,500 years. Now consider that within those 1,500 years and by those 40 authors, this one book agrees from cover to cover. There is not, you will not find a contradiction within this book. You will find agreement. You will find a common thread from Genesis. If you were to stick a needle with the thread in the book of Genesis and thread it to the end of Revelation, you would find a commonality throughout the Scripture that speaks to how man that has fallen into sin can be redeemed and saved and have everlasting life. It all intertwined. Listen, there is no possible way that that could happen unless God in heaven was involved in the writing of this book. God, amen, holy men of old, the Bible says, spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Men did not write or speak. Uh, men did not record this word according to their words, but God, amen, gave them the word to write, amen, and it is profitable, amen, for doctrine, the Bible says. It's profitable for reproof and for correction and for instruction in righteousness. Why? That the man of God may be truly furnished, amen, that, that the people of God can be equipped to good works. The Bible is it's, it's a powerful thing. It's an amazing thing when you really consider what it is and what we have. Despite all of the differences, the Bible presents a single story. It presents one singular story, God's redemption of a fallen man. So now, let's get into some practical things about understanding this great book. This is an amazing book. You ought to love this book. You ought to read this book. Not because you have to, but because there's something in you 
that wants to know. You ought to read this book. You ought to, you ought to do more than just check it off your box. You, you ought to get into this book and dig a little bit and see what you can find. You, you ought to read this book and find out about what it says about the emotions you're dealing with. You ought to, you ought to read this book and find out what it, what it says about the stage of life you're in because I promise you it's there. You ought to read the book and it's going to help you. Let me, let me mention a couple things here about reading with understanding. I remember the first time that I read the Bible through, I was, I was a teenager and my grandmother had given me a printout copy. It was, she had written it by hand, I think, and it was, uh, or somebody, it was a printed out copy of the Bible in chronological order. And, and I remember as a teenager, pastor came up to me and he said, Cody, have you ever read your Bible through? And I was humbled <laughs> pretty quickly because I had grown up in church and I was a teenager, but I had never read the Bible through. And so I said, I'm going to read the Bible through. And if you haven't read the Bible, you know, Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you've not read your Bible, no, I'm kidding. If, if you haven't read your Bible through, you ought to read it through. You ought to read it through this year. Amen. Somebody say amen. You ought, to, you, ought to, you ought to read, you ought to know what the book says if it's really that important. Are you with me right now? You ought to read the Bible and you ought to read your Bible through. Young people, I tell you right now, read your Bible through. Amen. And I remember as a teenager, this was the... This, Brother Danny recovered it for me. He's a good man. And uh, this was the very first Bible that I ever read through. This exact one right here. And uh, it was a gift to me. And, 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 I, and I remember every, almost every day. I'd like to say every day, but it wasn't every day. I missed some days. And, uh, but but I, I began to, to read this Bible. And every, every day I'd, I'd pop out the chart. And, and uh, there was multiple pages in that chart. And I would... I would check off that day, and and uh, I had I had a I had a key of uh, I had a highlighters, and and I had a I had a key of what I would highlight uh, certain colors. I've I've got it in here somewhere, but um, I would highlight certain topics, certain colors, things about creation, this, and things about the oneness of God, this. And I, I'm rambling, but but I began to read my Bible through, and I quickly found out that. I didn't have a whole lot of understanding for what I was reading. For some of the stuff that I was reading, I, I got to be honest with you, I was just trying to get through it. You know, I, thank God I wasn't reading it out loud because I couldn't have said half of the names. You know, and, and thank God I wasn't being quizzed on it because I couldn't have told you what it was about, who it was for, where it was from, who, who the guy was. And, you know, I couldn't have told you any of that. I was just reading. And there's, and let's... Let's acknowledge that there is, uh, there is something to be said. There is, it's a good thing that you're reading, even if you're not fully understanding what you're reading. Don't just not read because, well, I don't fully understand it. Don't do that. Pray, for, pray that God would give you understanding. Pray that God would give you. I'll never forget something Brother Michael Croston said to me. He said, every time I open the Bible before I read it, I pray that God would give me understanding of his word. And you ought to do that. 
Before you read the Bible, you ought to pray and say, it doesn't have to be a long prayer. It can be a simple prayer that says, God, give me understanding of what I am reading today. Simple. But we need understanding in what we're reading. And so uh, this is just, when, when, I, when I understood that I didn't understand, <laughs> um, I started to, to search. I started to look to, to understand how to understand the Bible and the Word of God. One of the, one of the best things out there that, that I, I would suggest to every possible person in this room, one of the best things that you can get to, to read the Bible and have understanding is this Bible right here. It's called an Apostolic Study Bible. Does anybody have one of these? Many people. It's an Apostolic Study Bible. This was, a, this was a Bible published by the Pentecostal Publishing House. It's the King James Version Bible. But you'll find that with all throughout this Bible, there are commentaries by oneness apostolic uh, people of God that, that explain and expound on the Scriptures and the Word of God. Um, and so I, I, would, I would highly recommend, okay, yeah, you've got the picture. That's, that's awesome. It's a little bit expensive, but it's worth it. Amen. How much is understanding worth to you? It's, it's worth it. Um, and so it provides a, a few things. Um, uh, there's a couple things that I think are helpful. I, I wish all of you could see this. But um, there, are, there are little blue statements right here before. And it almost chops up the scripture into, into sections. Is everybody okay? I know this is basic, but I think it's important. Um, it almost chops up the Word of God into sections. And there's a, there's a blue phrase right here in this Bible, and many other Bibles offer this as well. But this just gives understanding about what you're getting ready to read. So here, Saul's numerous battles, and that's what the following verses talks about. Uh, Jonathan identified. Uh, Saul spares Agag and, and the best of the spoil. You've, you've got subjects that, that explain the following verses and, and what it's talking about. Another thing, uh, and, I, and I mentioned the commentary. All, all, if you'll see below this blue line, there's, there's commentary that brings further explanation to, to the Word of God. Amen. There's, there's a balance in this when you get into commentaries because the Word will always explain the Word. Okay? It's important to understand that. The Word will always explain itself. Maybe not in that particular verse, but if you will look at the entirety of the Word of God, you will find the explanation within the Word. So you have to be balanced in commentaries because in reality, a man wrote a commentary, okay? People write commentaries, and so it's important to take this in balance. But, but it is very helpful in providing some understanding, some understanding of what life was like in that day and time in that culture. It, was, it, it provides different information like that. And so it's, it's, it's a great tool. Another thing that this, that this provides, and I didn't plan on this being an uh, ad for the Apostolic Study Bible, but I, I, think, it's, uh, I think it's good. If, if you'll put up the, the picture I sent you of, uh, it says Amos up top, Amos. Um, did, did I send that? Did you get that? Just yell at me. Did I send that? No? Just somebody yell no. That's okay. You're not going to hurt my feelings. 
No? No. Thumbs down. Perfect. Um, okay. Well, this provides, man, I thought I sent it. Um, let me send it right now. Y'all got time? I just sent that to Emily. Have Emily throw that. Sister Emily, throw that up, please. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm a terrible person. I'll, I'll do better. Um, um, at the beginning of every book in this Bible, there's an introduction. Uh, there's an introduction to every book. So it provides um, some context to what you're reading. How many of you understand who Amos is? Pastors, pastors and count. That's not fair. How many of you understand Amos? I think if we all, you know, most of us, some of us have an understanding. Amos was a prophet. He was a writer of the New Old Testament. And, and that, that's, that's good. I, I think if you have a basic understanding, that's, that's great. But this provides just a little bit more context for the book of Amos. So it talks about the theme of the book of Amos. So this says, the theme, of Amos, the theme of Amos is neatly encapsulated in Amos 1 and 2. So it uses the word to explain it. The Lord roaring angrily from Zion. See Amos uh, chapter 3 and verse 4. God's anger is justified due to the ethical and moral decline of his people. And it goes on and talks about the theme of Amos. It also has a subject line here that says author and date. And here it says the author's name was likely shortened from Amasiah. It was a name also found in 2 Chronicles chapter 17 and verse 16. Uh, it was shortened from Amasiah to Amos. Um, and so it just provides a little bit of context of who the person was, who they were writing to, what the children of Israel were doing at that time of the writer. It just provides a little bit of explanation. Is, is everybody good? Is everybody okay? Some of you are like, what is he do, talking about? Is this, is this okay? It just provides a little bit more context. So you can see the, thank you so much, Sister Emily. I'm sorry to do that last minute. Let's give Sister Emily, yeah, give Sister Emily a hand. <laughs> so, and you'll find all the way to the right there, it's got an outline, an outline of the book. So it talks about, this chapter is talking about this. It's oracle against the nations and words of punishment and woe, the, the visions of Amos and uh, talks about different things and breaks those down. What is it doing? It's bringing simple understanding to what you are reading. Anything, anything, I, I've just made up my mind, anything that I can have that gives me more understanding of the word, give it to me. I'm not going to take it as doctrine. I'm not going to take it as you know, what a commentator says is gospel and this is exact. But, but anything that can provide with me some context in these commentaries, give it to me. From a trusted source, a trusted place. And so those things are, are important uh, to, to understand. Uh, it's also uh, something that I have found beneficial to read and reading with understanding is that there are other versions of the Bible that that are approved, that are, that are, that are, that check out, that I'm not going to get into those, and pastor can address those, but there are other versions of the Bible that are, that are good, reputable versions uh, that we can read alongside 
the King James Version for understanding, okay? Uh, for understanding purposes. When we go back to doctrine and we go back to the, how to be saved and we go back to those essential things, we, 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 we go to the King James Version and we, we understand that and we practice that. But for understanding, sometimes there are trusted sources that you can, trusted versions that you can go into for further, and I'm taking, you know, I'm kind of doing this number right now, I'm kind of, you know, out on the edge here. But I think it's important for us to understand uh, what we're reading. Is this okay? Uh, it's important for us to understand what we're reading. And so if that's something that you want to do, if that's something that, that you're like, I don't understand this, help me, what's, what's this, uh, go to pastor and say, what should I read? And, so, and you can do that, and you can find uh, some understanding that way. Now, if you would, Sister Angie, if you would throw up the, the, the uh, picture of all of the Bibles um, that, you know, lays out the different, you got that? Perfect, wonderful. Pastor used this last week, and I wanted to use it. Is everybody okay? Everybody good? Um, it's important to understand a few things. Have you ever, has anybody ever read through the Bible, and you got to, first, first and second, my question wasn't done yet, for those of you who raised your hand, thank you. Um, and you got to First and Second Samuel and First and Second Kings, and then you got to First and Second Chronicles, and you almost felt like you were rereading First and Second Kings. Anybody? You're like, "Am I crazy, or did I just?" Anybody? Did anybody not understand why you were almost reading back? Uh, uh, kings again, I didn't understand that. For the longest time, I didn't get why Chronicles was there if Kings was already there. It's already told me once, and, and I, I, apparently I needed it again. So I need and so uh, let, me, let me provide just a little bit of explanation. I'm, I'm going to go into a few different things just to bring understanding uh, to what we're reading today. I, just a few examples of things that you need to be aware of as a Bible reader and believer. And um, if you have ever read your Bible through, you've probably encountered this. And uh, I, I read this, and I wanted to I wanted to read it to you. This is not unique to me, but but I'll use this as to bring some explanation as to the difference between Kings and and Chronicles. This says the the Book of Kings covers a period of approximately four centuries, from the death of King David to the Babylonian exile of the, of the children of Israel. It is a straightforward historical account that focuses on the succession of Israel's kings. The division of the kingdom is the, into Israel and Judah and the actions of the prophets who challenged the political and re religious leadership of the nation. Kings acts as the continuation of the book. Kings, the books of kings, Acts as a continuation of the book of Samuel. First, so first and second Samuel flow right into first and second Kings. So if so, second Samuel, toward the end of second Samuel, you arrive at toward the end of David's life, and then getting into first and second Kings, it will just be a continuation of, of the story. All right? So first and second Samuel flow right into first and second Kings. In contrast, the book of Chronicles, I'm, I'm trying to talk slow here, honey, am I, am I doing okay? In contrast, 
The book of Chronicles covers a similar period of time, but it presents a more selective rendition of Israel's history. It's important to understand that making a selective history is not wrong or inappropriate. Rather, it is simply a way to highlight something important that the author wishes to draw attention to. We do this with documentaries, biographies. Many of our own histories are highlights. They are particular things. We are too often, we too are often selective on focusing on specific elements within history. Similarly, Chronicles emphasizes the religious aspects of the monarchy or the kingdom, the importance of the Davidic dynasty, the life and uh, the, the, of David and the dynasty, the kingdom of David, and the central role of the temple and the priesthood in the Jewish life. The book of Kings and Chronicles differ in their tone and their style. Kings is written in a straightforward and critical manner, while Chronicles is written with a clear intention to highlight the Davidic kings and the temple. These differences highlight the distinct purposes of the books. With its emphasis on prophecy and God's word, Kings highlights God's supreme authority and sovereign governance over the surrounding nations. In brief, Kings shows that God is the true king. On the other hand, by emphasizing the Davidic monarchy and the temple building, Chronicles highlights God's sovereign election and preservation of his people and faithfulness to his covenant. Chronicles is written to rekindle the hope in God's good promises as well as provide a warning um, uh, for, for us. So, in summary of all of that, Kings is a continuation of First and Second Samuel. It's very literal, it's very clear, it's very, it lays out what happened. Chronicles is a selective um, um, uh, recording of the history of Israel, of the kings of Israel. This, this person was, was king of Israel. He reigned this many years. He did evil in the sight of the Lord. Moving on. This person was king this many years. He did good in the sight of the Lord. It, 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 it gives a very uh, intentional history about Israel, about the people of Israel. Are you with me? Is everybody good? Does this make sense? Does anybody, has anybody never heard that before? Some of you are like, I ain't saying that. I'm not admitting that. Are you crazy? Are you crazy? I'm not. You can raise your hand, you know, you can, um, you know, just say me in, in your mind. That's fine for this, for this part. Um, some of you may have never known that before, and that's, and that's okay. So that's something to, to understand about the word. Now, now let's move on. Let's, let's talk about Psalms chapter 119. Has anybody, has anybody ever read Psalms 119? This is one you can raise your hand. This is one people want to raise their hand on. Like, yeah. Psalms 119 is a, is a very amazing book of the Bible. As a matter of fact, it's the longest book of the Bible. It is, it's longer than, than, than some books of the Bible, this one chapter of Psalms 119. But, but it is a very unique chapter because if you go to Psalms, I'll tell you what, do it. Go to, go to Psalms 1036. 
I'm going to be done on time. It ain't going to be no problem. Go to, go to Psalms 119. And if you go to Psalms 119, you will see, now, now it differs based on the type of Bible that you have, but you will see at the top of, of verse 1, you will, you will either see a Hebrew letter that you don't understand, or you will see a word that, that you think you probably can't pronounce. How many of you see the word aleph? You see that? I, that's what I see. Aleph. Now, I don't know about you, maybe that speaks to you and ministers to you. That doesn't minister to me. That doesn't really help me. Like, aleph. All right. You know, the next one, eight verses later, is Beth. Any Beths in the house? Maybe this will speak to Beth. Maybe this will help you. Maybe this was meant for you. And the, and the third one, Gamel. The fourth, Deleth. The fifth, He and Val. And what, what, what is that? Has anybody ever wondered what that was? Maybe you know now, but, but you, you're like, what are we doing here? Um, Okay, uh, well, I've, I've got an answer for you. Psalm, Psalms chapter 119 is arranged in an acrostic pattern, acrostic pattern, meaning this. There are 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet, all right? 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet. Um, Psalms 119 is laid out this way. It's 22 stanzas of eight verses, okay? Everybody say 22 and 8. 22 stanzas of eight verses apiece. Every verse in that particular stanza starts with that letter in Hebrew. Okay? Every verse that's recorded in that series of eight verses starts with that letter of the Hebrew alphabet. So you will find Psalms chapter 119, 1 through 8, all start with the Hebrew letter a left. And so obviously the best way to understand the word of God is to read it in its original translation. But the last time that I checked, I don't know that anybody reads or speaks Hebrew in the room. Right? If you read or speak Hebrew, this would be another one you would want to get your hand up fast. I mean, if I knew Hebrew, my hand would be up so fast. I would stand on the seat if I knew Hebrew. Um, most, none of us know Hebrew, and so if you translate, in tran the subject of translating the Bible is a whole different subject, but you'll find, that, you'll find that these verses all start with different letters in the English language, but when you translate from Hebrew to English, it doesn't always translate the exact way it reads in Hebrew. Does that make sense? So Psalms 119 is broken down into 22 stanzas with eight verses each that all start with the Hebrew, uh, that all of those verses in that particular stanza start with that Hebrew letter. So let me read, let me read my notes to make sure that I didn't miss anything on this. Um, the closest parallel to this pattern, this is a good, good fact, this is interesting, in Scripture, the closest parallel to this pattern in Scripture is found in Lamentations 3. 
which is also divided into 22 sections. So if you look at Lamentations 3, you will find the same approach there. Uh, and there's, I can read other things here, but I, I think we get, we get the point of it. So um, Psalms chapter 119, that's in Lamentations 3, that's some things maybe to create understanding and help you on for that. Now, um, one thing, let, let me end here. If, if you have not read the Bible in chronological order, um, I would like to appeal to you to read the Bible in chronological order. Um, it, is a, it is a great tool to open it. Because here's the deal. The Bible is not in chronological order. All right? I don't know if you knew that or not, but the Bible is not written in chronological order. Pastor highlighted it so greatly last week that some of the prophets were prophesying during the time of, of particular books, and it's, it's important. It, it brings so much more to the text if you will read. Don't, you don't have to always read in chronological order, but something to open up your understanding to the Scripture and why this particular thing was written, um, uh, reading it chronologically can provide some explanation. I'll, I'll give you an example of this. If you would, please throw up the Scripture, 1 Samuel chapter 16 and verse 13. 1 Samuel chapter 16 and verse 13. Now, before I, before I say what I'm going to say, understand that, that there are debates, there are, there are different things on... Uh, different takes on the exact chronological order of the word. And so these things vary in a small way. They vary, uh, there's not a lot of variance, but there's a little bit of variance out there when it comes to the timeline of the word of God. But I would like to show you something, just as something that could open up your eyes um, in the scripture. First um, Samuel chapter 16 and 13, the Bible says, Then Samuel took the horn of oil, he's talking about David, and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel arose and went. Leave that, leave that verse up there, if you would. Samuel pours oil on the head of David as a sign that he would be the next king, that God's anointing, God's hands resting upon him. And this chronological order of reading the Bible would tell you that the next thing to read is Psalms chapter 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. Leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, thy rod. Put yourself in the shoes of a, of a shepherd boy that just came from the field and anointed with a horn of oil. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. 
Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Stand with me if you would. I think as a body of believers, we ought to seek this year to read with understanding. How amazing is that? That, the, that David is anointed, horn of oil is poured upon him, and at the 23rd Psalm, King, thou anointest my head with oil. I think, I think what God is interested in at the end of the day, some, you know, somebody said, what's, what's the best version of the Bible? Well, the best version of the Bible is the one you'll obey, right? Is the one that we'll, that we'll, that we'll walk with. And we'll, I think what we ought to strive to do as people of God and Christians and believers in this truth, because we do have truth, ladies and gentlemen, I think that we ought to strive to understand what we have, to understand his word, to not just read, to do, to read, but to read, to become. I want to read, to become. I want to become everything that God has called me to become. And if you will make a decision this year, to read, not just to read, but to read with understanding. I believe God's going to speak to every family and to every individual in this room to become what God has called you to become. Lord, we thank you today for your word. God, we're so grateful <clears throat> for who you are. Your word is a lamp unto our feet, and it's a light unto our path. I pray today, God, in the days and the weeks and months ahead, God, that you would speak to your people. God, that we would read to understand. God, that we would read, God, to know you and adjust our lives accordingly. Help us, God, in this area. Help us, God, to, 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 to obey the commands of Deuteronomy chapter 6 and the teaching of this word and the living of this word. Help us this year, God, Lord, to, to engulf ourselves in your word and understand in Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. Amen. Would you clap your hands unto the Lord and thank God for his word. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.